Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 326, air date July 30th, 2018. Hello, everybody. Back once again, it is America's number one Chadcast. We have an absolutely incredible show lined up tonight. We got some legends with us. We have Dr. Shiva Ayadure, accompanied by probably the greatest political cartoonist of our time, Ben Garrison. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great, good, Alan. Doing good. Awesome. So, Shiva, you had a, a Puerto Rican Day parade today in Boston. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a uh, annual parade, Alan. It's, I think, one of the largest Puerto Rican Day parades. We had, uh, it started at Boylston Street and went all the way through the common. Uh, tremendous support. And um, uh, obviously, a lot of people had seen the video of what occurred uh, on July 22nd, Elizabeth Warren's rally. So people are very supportive, not only citizens, but also the police, the Boston police, you know, who've always been targeted as being violent. Um, and in fact, they were very supportive and wanted to make sure that this guy was uh, properly, you know, uh, justice was served. So it was, it was a great day. I mean, you can, it's all up on video, but, uh, um, you know, there's a, a significant number of minorities in Massachusetts. A lot of them do not vote because they don't really like either party. Neither party has ever served their interests. You know, the average net worth of a black person in Boston is $8. So that's what Elizabeth Warren and the swamp of Massachusetts has delivered basically nothing to everyday people, be it black or white or, um, uh, you know, people who struggle. And for those of you who don't know, what happened last week was pretty historical, pretty hilarious. I mean, I was literally no exaggeration. I was like on the ground laughing because of what happened was Shiva was assaulted. Ben, it was like a meme come into life, basically, where a guy wearing a shirt that says liberal, his shirt literally said liberal. And I think on the back, it said Democrat assaulted Dr. Shiva. And did you happen to see that, Ben? Oh, yeah, I saw it. And um, to me, it's uh, it's a metaphor for the current environment where, where the left really has no argument. And when, when they have no argument, what do they do? They resort to violence. When somebody resorts to violence, that means they don't have any credible counter argument. And that's, that's what we saw right there. Uh, and it's, it's symbolic of the divide uh, between the, um, you know, the two ideologies in the country, conservative and the, and the lefties, lefty progressives. And that, there it was in a nutshell. And it, me, to me, I was pretty revolted by it because what they were trying to do really was, um, you know, keep uh, Dr. Sheber from talking. I mean, they could have damaged his teeth, busted a tooth or cut his lip. And that's that's very symbolic of trying to silence him right there. And Elizabeth Warren, I guess, condemned it. But then I think I read on your tweet, uh, Dr. Sheba, that she invited him back into her town hall or something. So yeah, so strongly. Ben, what happened was... Uh, so I did uh, get, you know, my upper lip and lower lip did bleed. I have two chipped teeth and I may have to get root canal. So the fortunate thing is not a tooth was knocked out. And I think, Ben, I think that, you know, we both sort of look at the world in an artistic way. And I like the way you look at it. I love your artwork. But one of the important things is the image there um, of a guy with a, a white T-shirt with liberal punching a megaphone. And at the other end of the megaphone is a dark skinned American. Right. That symbol pretty much says it all that these people are the racists and they want to suppress free speech because moments prior to that uh, I had invited these people going into Elizabeth Warren to have a discourse I said look you guys are from the 60s you want to have discourse you're going into a nice air-conditioned room theater 
why don't you come on over to our site and let's talk about race? And moments before the hit took place, um, I had said, look, we don't produce enough doctors. We don't produce enough engineers. And I said, Elizabeth Warren is a scumbag lawyer lobbyist. By the way, to me, the term scumbag is a, is a technical term. Uh, it's not a, any other term by that. You know, it's a scum that's on the top of the septic tanks that you put into a bag. Um, it's actually a waste. You don't, want to, you don't want to insult scumbags too much by comparison. Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I but but I, I think the important thing is, Ben, I think when you took it, look at it from an artistic or a, uh, a symbol standpoint, um, if that was a Trump T-shirt hitting a dark skinned American or a black American, it, there would be vigils in front of Trump's house. Hollywood oh, yeah. people would be coming in. Right. You know, 24 seven news coverage. Riots would be 20. Instead, what happened was Chris Cuomo tried to diminish the thing, like wondering if anything really happened to me. Um, CNN didn't carry it. The Boston Globe didn't carry it. The New York Times didn't carry it. Who did carry it was people like Mike Cernovich, people like you, people like the Proud Boys. And you go down the list. These are people who are branded as racist and right wingers. So the quote unquote racists are the ones who talked about a racist, violent hate crime, and none of the people who claim that they stand against racism did anything about it. So I think it, it's, it's an awesome opportunity for us to really discuss race in this country from a truly deep perspective on how both of these established, the uh, two heads of the establishment want race war and they profit from it. Well, it, it, to me too, you can hearken back to the start of the Obama administration, and that was supposed to be symbolic in that it was going to end racial division in America. You probably remember that. And what yeah. he did throughout his administration was make it make it worse. Any opportunity he had to drive the wedge between, uh, you know, um, racial am am amity was uh, he he seized a chance. I mean, I'm thinking of the, the Trayvon Martin. You know, uh, used that. As a means, to, uh, his whole administration was actually made things worse, and so at the end, we get Black Lives Matter, we get a, a shooting of the policeman, and we get um, you know a, a lot of uh, well, it's, it was. How can anybody say it was it was better after Barack Obama? Yeah, it was yeah. I mean, really what Barack bad. Obama did was he had black and blue fighting, right? He wanted to unleash black and blue, and in the questions, uh, what we've asked Elizabeth Warren Ben is. Um, do black lives matter or are you just exploiting black lives? And that is what the history of the uh, left wing of the establishment has been. That And that can probably go back to LBJ. And you know, exactly. LBJ famously said, well, we're going to get these blacks. Well, he didn't say the word black. We're going to keep them on the reservation for 200 years by means of, uh, you know, a, a welfare and, and brainwashing. Yeah. So, and LBJ was actually, and this, this was released in, in one of the WikiLeaks documents that he was actually for a while a mem member of the KKK, which had its origins in the Democratic Party. So, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. You're saying he was part of the KKK? No, early on he was, and that's what okay. they said. I mean, but, but, yeah. he, but the left media was not going to, of course, broadcast that. But uh, he, he um, you know, he, he and, um, and one of his... Uh, compadres from from your state Massachusetts Edward Kennedy you know he's the one who made it possible to have you know kind of a open borders that we have now a condition people to accept you know have the wide open because they're they're part of the same deep state globalist mm -hmm. thing and the voters 
the voters in Massachusetts are complicit in his election because he was elected, I think, about a year after he killed that poor girl in Chappaquiddick. And now what are the, what are the voters thinking electing a man like that who ended up being called the, the um, I think they called him the liberal lion of the Senate you know, for so many years. And he was just a, um, a fat, degenerate, uh, skirt-chasing loser. And yet they continue to elect him. And, they, and Massachusetts today continues to elect the self-serving political hack named Elizabeth Warren, who claims, as they always do, that they're for the little guy. They're going to bring you free stuff, little guy. I'm, I'm fighting for you hard. But at the same time, she lives in a $5 million mansion. She, um, she takes political contributions from Wall Street and the banks. Um, well, she, she's just another Hillary Clinton, really. You know, she, she's, um, <laughs> what, what, what can you say about it? I mean, this is, this is the face of the deep state. And then she has the audacity to claim she's, uh, you know, uh, Indian heritage. Well, what's interesting, Ben, is most of the quote-unquote artists who are really not artists, a lot of the, these guys are trust fund uh, babies, have gone into advertising. And that engine of Madison Avenue is used to completely manipulate Americans. You just talked about Edward Kennedy being framed as a gay, you know, I think, I think he wrote a book called The Next Lion or something like that, or The Big Lion or something trying to frame him as this great uh, statesman. He was a lie. And he was lying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I, think to, I think to Senator, I think to Kennedy, uh, harass was two words, you know, it's a joke. But, uh, <laughs> but, but with Kennedy, you know, here's a guy who absolutely, the, with Chappaquiddick, you know, he didn't have to survive the same laws that you or I or anyone uh, listening out there would have to. So the establishment, it's a great case in point where they have two different laws. One he was set of law. law. Yep. He should have been in jail for manslaughter at the very least. Right. He wasn't even arrested, I believe. He no. wasn't, there was no mugshot, nothing. So one set of laws for them and another set of laws for us. In the incident that Alan is discussing with this guy who punched me in the face, caught on video, um, you know, it's not like we, you know, he came from across the street to hit me. After he was arrested and booked, he was let on his own recognizance. Elizabeth Warren invited him back into that town hall and gave him, as I understand, VIP treatment where he was wow. allowed in with the press. Okay? That is absurd. And, and, and to just, just to tell, tell, you know, everyone needs to understand, that's why our campaign is, is going to be a historic one and winning it will be extremely important for the American people because it's time that we all live by the same laws. Uh, a few months ago, Charlie Baker, who's a never Trumper governor, um, son uh, sexually assaulted a woman in an airplane. No one from the, from the Me Too movement said anything. No one brought this. He wasn't arrested. No mugshot was taken. And in Massachusetts, since we're talking about Massachusetts, on the one hand, you have the so-called left, um, which basically takes advantage of poor blacks and tries to characterize, you know, poor whites as racist. On the other hand, you have poor whites, like uh, or, or uh, the 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 right wing establishment. And I want to separate that from the conservatives. Uh, which is the other wing of the establishment, which points to poor blacks. A, a case in point is this guy, Howie Carr, who put up a mugshot of me, Ben. You may have seen this. It was a false claim. Uh, the woman had done this to other people. It was outright dismissed. And so what you have is the left wing tries to call me a white supremacist because I support poor whites who've been uh, mistreated. And the right is going to try to characterize a dark skinned Indian guy who beats white women. So these people use race and they have two different yardsticks for themselves. And I think 
um, discussing what occurred with that mugshot to me, discussing how this guy was allowed to punch me, could have knocked out my teeth and was allowed back into Elizabeth Warren's home is a big opportunity to really have the fact that the establishment loves race war. Barack Obama loves race war in Massachusetts. I got to tell you, there's no party of Lincoln here. It's all Democrats. Um, and Charlie Baker's a Democrat and all the three uh, Republicans running against me are basically Democrats. One of the guys, we call him old man Kingston, is a guy who gave $250,000 to Bill Clinton for speaking engagement. Another guy voted for Joe Biden. His campaign manager is a, is a, a Saudi lobbyist and he faked a picture with Trump. And the third woman ran a lottery and is an, is an old Romneyite. And as everyone knows, Romney um, started Obamacare. So what you have is both of these people are essentially, is, what's fascinating about Massachusetts, Ben, is that they're just one and it's not even any, um, you know, a, 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 they don't even try to hide it. So that's why in the last election, Trump, uh, his votes is 1 million votes. Only in our view, only uh, 200,000 came from the Republicans. There's only 450,000 Republicans. 80% of his votes came from independents. And that's what the opportunity is, that Massachusetts is fundamentally still, you know, where the American Revolution took place, you know, six, nearly 55, 60% are independents. And I think by defeating Elizabeth Warren and the establishment in the sewer here, we can send an inspiring wave across this country that you don't need to join any of these political parties. You can stand on your own two feet. And you can win with very little money. You don't need all this money. Most of the money that these guys raise just circulates among themselves. That's why I think it's a big, big opportunity, um, not only to win here, but to you know set a big earthquake across this country. Wow. And have you guys seen- Well, that earthquake already comes. Oh, I'm go sorry, ahead. Ben, go ahead. Oh, well, go ahead, sir. And then uh, I got a point. Well, I'll, I'll say it right now, because it really speaks to the absurd- overconfidence uh, and hubris of Elizabeth Warren. Have you guys seen the recent, I think it was New York Magazine cover? Uh, yeah, running. Yeah, it's on Shiva's Twitter if you want to pull it up. she They're calling her like the front runner of 2020. And there was one publication, I don't recall, but I think we'll pull it up as well, where they mentioned this man's assault, the guy that assaulted you. Assaulted you. I think his name was Paul Solovoy or something like that. Um, they talk about the assault and that somebody was arrested at the rally, but they don't mention you. Like Ben, yeah, you WHDH, the local media, yeah. Ben and Allen, uh, does not want to even mention my name. That's how racist they are. And I think, look, I was just recently with Joe Arpaio and one of the guys from Black Lives, uh, I mean, uh, Black. Blacks Black for Trump, Trump, right? Blacks for Trump. Great guy. Yeah, he's got he great hair. He goes, it's time that the conservatives started using and exposing the racism of the liberal elites. That is, we shouldn't shy away from it. The the other side of the Democratic Party, which I call the quote unquote Republicans in Massachusetts, tell people to shut up. Don't talk about racism. And, and that gives the opportunity for the Democrats to just own racism. You know, it, what better opportunity than a, a brown skin Indian guy to bring together black and white? You know, <laughs> red, white and blue becomes black, by, I mean, it becomes brown. So that's what the opportunity we have to really point out who the real racists are. And I think we should keep putting the prefix before Elizabeth Warren, racist Elizabeth Warren, racist Elizabeth Warren, racist Elizabeth Warren, because that's what she is. She abused affirmative a cultural action. appropriator. Yeah, cultural appropriator. A guy punches a, a dark-skinned American in the face. She invites him back in. Her, By the way, Ben, her condemnation was uh, the confrontation was wrong, quote unquote. And by the way, in 2012, she used the exact same soundbite when a reporter got hit by one of her supporters, the confrontation, it's almost like they cut and pasted it. 
This empty that, platitude. That's what they all use, empty platitudes. That's what that's right. one of the reasons Hillary was defeated. She came up with empty bombast and she took all the Democrat voters and, you know, uh, including the blacks. But, you know, in the Rust Belt state, she took them all. For, I don't even have to go there. They're going to vote for me by, you know, automatically. I got it by default, just like Edward Kennedy gets it by default in Massachusetts. He got it by default year after year or election after election. But that's yeah, they, they, they think they think we still have and, a monarchy. And you're um, and you're riding the wave of the sea change. So uh, I I think you have an excellent chance of of bringing down this uh, the political hack from the deep state. And and make no bones about it, that's what she represents. I mean, you we know that she's she's got inextricable ties to Harvard and how much she got paid to be a, a speaker there. I forgot what it was, close to a million dollars, I think. It, it, well, she got a $10 million endowment uh, from a law firm, uh, Leo Gottlieb Law Firm. Her chair is called Leo Gottlieb. The way it, it works is typically someone sends up, it basically, Ben, anyone on this call could become a professor at Harvard. It's not any, it's all pay to play. So she got, you know, the, the Leo yeah. Gottlieb, yeah, they set up a chair, put $10 million into an endowment, by the way, which they gamble on Wall Street, and that goes to fund her salary. So when, that's why Elizabeth Warren is basically pro Wall Street. She's never said anything against Harvard University. It's a $40 billion hedge fund. Never has said a word against it. In fact, today, after our Puerto Rican Day rally, we drove through Harvard Square and out the megaphone, we were saying no to racism, no to Elizabeth Warren, that Harvard is a $40 billion hedge fund. You know, think twice before you send your kids to this fake university. And that's the opportunity we have, man, to really talk about the truth that all this hype that's been creating, you know, nice red buildings, it's, you know, ivy colors, all branding, that you should be so fortunate to go here, that you should be so fortunate to listen to these experts, when in fact, every major economic calamity, every probably major poverty cycle can be traced to some expert at Harvard. That's what that institution is. It's a, it's a, if you, if we want a longitude and a latitude of the, of the deep state, that your actual like center point, it's Harvard University. That's where all of this stuff comes from. It's the point of the uh, liberal spear, so to speak, and they think they control the culture and the thinking of America by means of uh, promoting politicians such as um, Pocahontas. Well, w one of the things, Ben, we thought about is this. This is an interesting fact I dug up. In 1640, Harvard as an institution was going bankrupt. Everyone should look this up. They were going bankrupt. What did they do? They went to a Christian missionary organization and they said, hey, look, um, can you give us some money? We're going to build an Indian college. It was the second brick building they built. This Indian college was supposed to educate hundreds uh, or thousands of Native Americans. They only helped four Native Americans. They used that space to put the Harvard printing press in and educate tons of whites. So what's fascinating is, doesn't that, it's this it's cultural appropriation that's how they bailed themselves out. They use Native Americans to bail themselves out. So if that, you know, so so one, you know, since Harvard and the theoreticians. Well, he's an echo of that, isn't she? What's that? He's an echo of that corruption. Exactly. It's from 1640, you know, to today. It's it's a continuation of that corruption. So, you know, these guys want to rename things. Well, why doesn't Harvard rename their university to Indian University, right? Mm -hmm. Or Indian College? because that's how they bailed themselves out. John Harvard, I'm pretty sure, you know, was a slave owner himself, you know, because in Britain, that's where he was from. They called it indentured servitude, AKA slavery. You know, that was a code word for it. It's, it's named after John Harvard. So 
I think it's it's a great opportunity. The race issue, we should put a mirror right up to them. That's what occurred on July 22nd. We put the mirror right up to them. And as you said earlier, Ben, they could not stand it. Here, I, I mean, that guy's calling me a racist and I call him a racist, racist, racist. And his chips burned out in his brain. And by the way, this guy, uh, ben, ben and Allen, if you've looked at him, he's a quote unquote art artist. Gets even more interesting. His artist, his artistry is selling photographs of black and white Barbies naked. Okay. I saw that. Yeah. So yeah, disturbing. Imagine being that guy. You you're this progressive. You're super hyped to support Elizabeth Warren, but actually you're probably the most notorious racial assaulter in the country right now. Yeah, we got a picture of him right here. And on the one thing I really like about Dr. Shiva, you know, I never really considered. All right, let's own the race issue. You know, especially when it comes to Harvard, white people like whites have the worst chance of getting into Harvard. They have a very poor chance. Uh, it's not good. And what I liked about Dr. Shiva. He advocates, he talks about the fact that poor whites are the most screwed over population in this country. And he, he's willing to talk about why, while other people aren't. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, Alan, poor whites in Massachusetts, three times a national opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. Highest, the, in, there's a great chart that came out showing how infant mortality in other Western countries is dropping. And in the United States is actually growing explosively. None of these issues are discussed. And that's what President Trump, the reason he won was he was talking the truth and he was talking about issues that were not discussed. In fact, one of my earlier uh, advisors at MIT, who's maybe considered far lefty, Noam Chomsky, but even Noam was saying this was back in 2007. He was saying that neoliberalism was going to fail, that there would be someone like Trump. And he said, if you want to know what's going on right now, Shiva, because I just got back from India on a Fulbright. He said, go listen to Rush Limbaugh. So think about this. Noam Chomsky is telling me to go listen to Rush Limbaugh because he said the the issues of poor whites is not being discussed. It's being dismissed by the elites on the West Coast and the East Coast. That's what they've been doing for, you know, for a long time. And uh, the essential goal of this, in my view, is on the one hand, you have a bunch of scumbag elites. And I think, again, that's a technical term uh, who basically play lottery on big hedge funds. They move money around. And that's how they get to live in the Hamptons, et cetera. Those same people are the ones who on the other extreme want to support gangs, illegal immigration, want to keep people on welfare. They want to create two sets of leeches and they want to arm these guys, right? These guys have a lot of weapons. And in the middle is the American working class, black, white, yellow, red, you know, whatever color you want. And they, and that is what they're trying to do. On the one hand, you have leeches on one side and leeches on the other side. And we're all squeezed in between. And the establishment supports both ends of that leechery, if you want. I don't even know if there's a term like that. Yeah. Well, one of, one of the, uh, there's a lot of faces that could be applied to uh, the, the pushers of this leechery. But one I was reading about, I'm, in fact, I, I'm, I'm working on a cartoon today is, um, well, is a Jack Dorsey, a billionaire, oh, yeah. uh, the, the creator of Twitter. He lives in San Francisco, and I'm sure <laughs> in a nice bubble where in a, in a liberal echo chamber, but you can, you know, as you know, um, all the conservatives are getting shadow banned. I'm shadow banned. I'm sure you are too. Yeah. Everybody who's conservative is now shadow banned, even though these people, they're really good at lying and gaslighting us and telling us this isn't happening exactly when they're, they're doing it. Um, you know, he said something about, he wants to increase, uh, increase the collective health of the nation's conversation okay well i kind of read these words and and there's more to it he said you know 
he wants to keep everything civil and you know but the collective health well, what that sort of sounds like kind of collectivism doesn't it okay well who decides what's a healthy conversation or not well of course he does and his liberal ilk get to decide what is healthy so essentially it's an extension of too many universities which are which are socialist indoctrination centers and of course they're not allowing free speech on campus anymore and then we have Google and, and YouTube and Twitter, and they're starting to just outright block conservative voices. Um, and Facebook. It's And Facebook, too. Yeah, it's a yep. similar to, um, you know, shoving our megaphone in our face, isn't it? Well, this, what's guy to decide, this guy gets to decide what is what is co- collective collective health of a conversation, not us. And if he can, if he could paint conservatives as bullies or trolls or hate speakers, and what is hate speech? He defines what that is. Well, hate speech is somebody who doesn't want open borders. Hate speech is, you know, somebody who doesn't want to be um, attacked by on either side by these leeches. And so, when that happens, then all of a sudden the, we're shadow banned because we get we get part of, we get caught up in his uh, uh, algorithm, and um, other other people there are there are block lists that are circulating among the among, among the left, and people are you. You don't need to be trolled, and you know you don't have to endure all these Nazis and fascists. Just sign up to this list, and all of a sudden, that means that they don't have access to a lot of uh, conservative voices that they may they may want to hear. So I don't know how this is going to end, but it's not going to it's not going to come to a very um, uh, collectively healthy debate result when you get one side having the megaphone and us we get our megaphone shoved in our faces. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think Nunes is, is uh, proposing a bill to um, do something about it to sue them somehow. Um, to me, a better a better solution might be what I think Kim Kim.com is trying to develop a new platform similar to Twitter, where where um, conservatives won't be won't be blocked. Yeah, more competition. The left has gotten control of so much of this, so much of uh, the the ability to, to um, channel the conversation or censor it with, with YouTube and. And uh, Twitter, and you know, on and on. It, it, and what they do? Just they just banned Alex Jones from uh, Facebook. And uh, wow, that happened today from live streaming. They banned. I think he oh, got wow. a thirty-day ban from live streaming, both on Facebook and uh, YouTube. Wow. YouTube. Well, you you, you know what's giant. interesting? Yeah, that's incredible. The, the, the day this uh, attack took place on July twenty-second, the next day we put up that video on Twitter and on Facebook. On 23rd, suddenly my account was blocked. It's never occurred ever in my history in Facebook. Wow. So it was blocked on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. It was just day before that they unblocked it. And I escalated to a, a senior executive there, you know, because I have a, a fortunate, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a network because I'm in the tech industry to find someone who knew because everyone else has to send these stupid emails right to their help center. Or you just have, you're victimized and you have to work. So I escalated. I said, look, you're in for a lawsuit. And I had CC'd my attorney. And I think they got scared because they probably looked at the fact that I do come out hard. You know, we did shut down Gawker Media for uh, untruthful uh, speech. You know, they, they lied. So they reinstated the account. But it's never occurred. So for four or five days, we weren't able to post anything after this. And that video was going viral on both uh, uh, Google, I mean, on Twitter, as well as Facebook. But uh, it's it's very important to understand that Facebook blocked my account right at the peak of this news story for four days. All of it's documented. The other thing, Ben, look, these guys, Twitter, Facebook, Google, 
none of these guys really did anything innovative. They basically were part of a clique. Um, uh, and that's why they became billionaires. You know, when I created the first email system in Newark, New Jersey, we didn't have a click there. Um, but what's happened is Silicon Valley, you could have a com- person who's completely, frankly, not that intelligent, not that innovative, but if his mama and papa get him into Silicon Valley and he gets access to the VC network, his quote unquote innovation becomes out there. So if you look at things like Twitter, if you look at things like Facebook, and if you look at even things like Google, many even of these- Even t- like Tesla. Yeah. Exactly. Tesla. Exactly. Getting, the money, getting a whole bunch of money from taxpayers and, uh, you know, he's pursuing this green energy boondoggle with the, with the cars that blow up. And uh, yeah, I didn't mean to sidetrack you there, but it's... Well, uh, no, no, you're right. You're, you're right. Tesla were alive today. I have a feeling Tesla would tell them, take my name off your company. Yeah. It's basically an insider trading game that they have. You know, when... And, and it's important to note that these guys have this huge hubris thinking that they're so smart and so intelligent. Um, you know, uh, Facebook, you know, it, it, you know, the guy stole it from someone else. Google's the search engines have existed for long periods of time. Uh, the reason- a lot of CIA origins too. I mean, Google, yep. what, what better way for CIA to collect info than to get something like Google and YouTube and, and of course Facebook to uh, start getting everybody to voluntarily give up uh, all the information about their lives. Speaking of which, uh, while we're on the subject of the internet, something I really want to ask you, Dr. Shiva, all these big tech companies have so much power. It's getting a little bit ridiculous. What's your take on a potential internet bill of rights or um, or something like that? An internet bill of rights, essentially. What's your take on that, Dr. Shiva? Well, you know, here's the deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have space and time, right? Um, when this medium came out, you know, in the 80s, we used to call it hypermedia. It is called hypermedia text markup language, right? HTML. So it's hypermedia because it's almost in a fourth dimension. It's space time and it's another aspect to this. Uh, the problem is politicians in Congress do not understand technology, except for Rand Paul. And I think there's Thomas Mass who came from MIT. And I'm not, I'm not saying everyone needs to go to MIT, but we don't have enough doctors, engineers plumbers, electricians in Congress. You have a bunch of scumbag career politicians. Again, scumbag is a technical term. Um, So these guys have no idea of the ramifications of these technologies. So they're not even qualified to write any laws. How do the laws get written? By the deep state of lobbyists and and political consultants. They're the ones who are writing the laws. And these guys are just um, talking heads who simply cut and paste what they're told and do it. But the entire laws are done by other people. So you pay enough lobbying money, um, Google, and, and those laws are created. But when you really step back and look at something like Facebook, you look at something like Twitter, you look at something like Google, they are in such a different dimension of operations that they are probably more powerful, and including Amazon, we should not forget Amazon, more power, powerful than any you know, Fortune 20 organization that was about a decade or two decades ago. These organizations are not moving matter which is in the space and time, they're moving bits and, and bits, which is in a hyper dimension. And when you start moving bits around ones and zeros, it is beyond space and time, which means you can own many other things, which the uh, United States Constitution um, and the founders could not think, uh, could not envision. But I think to your point, Alan, the founders of this country were architects, visionaries, scientists, blacksmiths. They actually were there working and I, as an engineer, I can tell you that one of the things we should do is probably, you know, make Facebook 
and Google, a public utility, that's one, one solution. The other is they should open up their architecture. So for example, if you wanted to overnight, if Ben wanted to create his version of Facebook, you wanted to create your version of Facebook, it should be very easy for people to move all their profiles elsewhere. You see what I'm saying? Because that content right now, when you put content up on Facebook, all Google basically creates nothing. They don't create anything. Facebook creates nothing. All of their content is aggregation of individual hum, human units of labor, right? All these things we publish. So that content is still owned by the individual and we should have the right to move it to any platform overnight. And, and so the idea is to open it up. The idea is potentially make them public utilities. Uh, and the third thing is in the whole discussion of net neutrality, which by the way, Google and Facebook, et cetera, funded, they only went after the hardwire or the hardware of it, the telcos. They didn't go after the people who have the on-ramps to get on them, which is Google, Facebook, and Twitter. So the net neutrality discussion was a bogus discussion because they didn't really talk about the people who control access uh, and, and to the publishing of that content. So if you want to really talk about net neutrality, um, we should really talk about those people who've essentially can choke um, access, like you were talking about, Ben, uh, to upload and download content. And that's a whole different set of laws that cannot be uh, you know, done by the existing politician because they frankly don't have the skills to do it. If they get away with this, Dr. Shiva, I'm afraid that, well, I'm afraid what they're really after is like a Chinese-style uh, censorship. They want an internet where only one, one voice is allowed. They're controlling deep state voice. And this is a very dangerous precedent if we, let, if we allow them to continue to get away with this. And it's already happening um, that they're starting to branch out to uh, ability to buy and sell. For example, I know PayPal has censored a great many on the, on the far right. And some of them, are, some of them are, some on the far right, some, some like Nazis like Andrew Anglin, yeah, they're pretty despicable people. But he's also entitled to his free speech. And when PayPal yanked his ability to make money, then he had to go somewhere else and then they yanked it there and there. Well, now it's gone beyond that. Now banks, certain banks are saying, mm -hmm. well, you're not allowed to, we're not going to give out loans to anybody who uh, belongs to the NRA, for example. Uh -huh. Now, where does this stop? And pretty soon, you're not going to be able to uh, do any banking, or especially online banking, if you're if you're if some if, if some of these uh, oligarchs decide, hey, his profile, he's a you know he's a was a Trump supporter. We got to yank him. That's where it's heading. If we don't yeah. stop it in its tracks now, eventually, it's going to be full on a full onslaught of complete slavery and tyranny, and where people are basically. Um, have no access to any alternative information. We're just going to be brainwashed by whatever the deep state said, which is what they enjoyed for too many decades. I mean, we They had like a monopoly on the mainstream media, which is now falling apart. People are able to find the truth, find the real facts on the internet. And boy, they can't stand that. They have to control. Remember, remember Hillary famously said that the internet needs an editor. Well, we're getting one now. I mean, that people like Jack Dorsey, we'll get an algorithm. We don't have a physical editor, maybe, but we'll develop an algorithm to we'll stamp out all these, uh, you know, far right voices. And of course, it's always far right, isn't it? Anybody, you know, just right to the center of Lenin is a far right automatically. So, you know, and, and that's another thing that they're doing is, uh, hey, if you don't agree with us, then you must be a fascist Nazi. You're Hitler. And right. it's supposed to beat up Hitler. But what they're doing is exactly what the Nazis did. 
the Nazis dehumanized Jewish people and it enabled them to better, easier extermin exterminate them because they were no longer humans. They were called all kinds of names and people just, you know, there was such a, a dehumanization campaign. And guess what? The same thing is happening to conservatives now. If you're a mm -hmm. conservative Trump supporter with a MAGA hat in LA, you're, you're a fair target to be, to be physically assaulted because after all, you support Trump or Hitler. Oh yeah, we want to beat up Hitler. You see this this real simplistic mechanism by that are very effective against ignorant people who are who are um, have a, a proclivity toward violence and and we also see it in very symbolic terms like the um, the guy who took the axe to a Donald Trump star you know it's okay yeah. for him to obliterate that star and he was applauded by by um, a lot of the organs on the left for doing it did they obliterate uh, the, the the Jason star of uh, Kevin Spacey. Who got, who's, who's been accused of, uh, you know, yep. that's a good point. A great point. We don't see, I don't see any right wingers going in and in, in, in destroying, um, Kevin Spacey's star, but, but only Trump's star gets destroyed because the right is not, right is not on the side of violence. And if we were, if anybody is, anybody with a MAGA hat is assaulting somebody, boy, that's going to be all over the news all 24 seven, like you said. Yeah. See, I think one of the things, Ben, is the people who hate Trump. If, if uh, in my view, as you unravel that, you know, in India, there was a caste system, right? You had the Brahmins. And by the way, uh, in America, when we were collecting signatures, some of you may know, um, we, we're the first candidate on the ballot. This is a huge victory for us. We didn't pay one person for our signature. Everything was done bottoms up, which is unheard of. Um, in fact, we had some people on our <clears throat> staff who were saying, oh, Shiva, you got to pay for signatures. I said, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it bottoms up. What's interesting was when we go to collect signatures, Ben, the Indian Brahmins, and I could see them because we come from the untouchable caste, they would not sign for us. So in <laughs> India, you had this caste system, right? Uh, you had the upper caste people who think they're better than everyone else. When America, that's what we have. The upper caste are the academic elite, people like Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, et cetera. Above the law. <laughs> yeah, they're above the law. And they think everyone else is stupid. So when Trump won, it was he was basically a everyday white guy who wasn't part of their clique. Because look, I, I I've been in New York, I've been in Hollywood, I know a lot of these people, and they all sort of screw each other and hang out hang out among each other. And Trump was co considered not part of them. And so when he won, what they were devastated by was that they lost control of everyday people. And it really comes down to control. You see. In the Indian caste system, you had the priesthood, the academic elite. The next layer below that was the business people, then the warriors, and then everyone below that. What's fascinating is in America, you have the Wall Street guys, the hedge fund guys. Those guys just care about profit. But what's really insidious is the academic elites care about something even more powerful than profit, and that's control. Here's a guy who's not making really that much money, right? But he wants to control a narrative which can last hundreds or centuries after they die. They can write one paper, scientific paper, quote unquote, scientific paper. And that becomes a theoretical base for the fake news media cu cutting and copying. One of the bigger scandals I think that's going to come out about Elizabeth Warren, which we're going to bring out is something even bigger than the native American thing in 2005. And, and I'll show you, sh this is how the academic elite work um, in the United States. Let's say Ben, you or Alan or, or uh, Rob, you know, uh, 
any one of you guys wants to get a professorship at Harvard, well, you get to be an initial, what's called an, I think an assist, assistant or associate professor. And then you have a period of time, which is seven years, to do meaningful research. And then uh, you are voted on by your peers, whether you get to be tenured. And by the way, after you get tenured, it's basically you're in the club, right? Uh, you don't, have, frankly, have to work at all. Literally, you don't have to work and you get paid, you get given great benefits, et cetera. Now, in order to get tenure, the way you do it is you have to carve out an area that you can say, I am the expert. Well, Elizabeth Warren, you know, was advised that she would be the expert on bankruptcy law, okay? So in order to do that in academia, you have to write a paper. And it doesn't matter if you publish a paper. Let's say Alan publishes a paper and Ben, you publish a paper. Same paper in bankruptcy field. The issue is do other people cite your paper? They say, you know, Dr. Garrison wrote an amazing paper. And if they don't cite Alan's paper, you will get tenure and Alan won't. Well, how do you get tenure? Well, you have to, well, how do you get your paper cited? Well, you have to kiss ass to all the other uh, guys in the field. So nothing really innovative comes out. So Elizabeth Warren in 2005 wrote a paper saying that the reason small, she said 42% of small businesses were going out of business because uh, we're going bankrupt because um, they didn't have enough uh, insurance, right? That because they didn't have medical insurance. In 2009, she upped the ante because no one challenged her on that and said 62% of small businesses went out of business because they didn't have uh, insurance. Those two papers, she gets tenure, those two papers become the basis for Barack Obama pushing down Obamacare. You see how that works? So they that paper, because it comes from Harvard, has a Harvard logo, was published in the American Journal of Medicine, it must be the truth. Um, in March of this year, three other professors who were not part of the clique went back through Elizabeth Warren's data. And they found out the way she culled her data together, it was bogus interviews. It's, it's basically, Ben, she went to you and said, hey, Ben, you own a small business. Uh, how did you go out of business? Oh, I think it was because I paid high medical insurance. That's no different than asking a guy, how'd you get a heart attack? Oh, I think it was because of a lot of stress. So these professors went and redid the analysis. They actually looked at their credit reports, did a quantitative analysis. It was only 4%. Wow. So that's how these guys work. If they decide they want to move in a certain direction, they can overnight, like Monsanto is good. It doesn't hurt the public. It's the same as organic food. They get their engine together of academic sellouts, where basically it's all pay-to-play science right now. So my point is that Trump, President Trump has pointed out fake news, but the fake news behind the fake news is a fake science, which is pay-to-play science. Wow. And, and that epicenter of that comes out of Massachusetts. And this, this click that you're mentioning is very widespread. It can also be called the swamp or the deep state. I call it the sewer yeah. that feeds the swamp. Hmm. Well, it's, and, and these the same people that are organizing like, uh, you know, Bilderberger meetings and they can yep. discuss global policies. Uh, they're the same ones who, uh, you know, drummed up this uh, this Russia lie, which it's it's a blatant lie. It's been disproven over and over. And yet they double, triple, quadruple down on it. And that's all you ever hear on CNN. It's like a drumbeat because they know if they keep repeating it, people eventually say, well, there must be something to it. I hear it all the time. But there's absolutely nothing to it. And it's like these people are so used to gaslighting us and lying to us. Oh, you know, it's like um, this thing about climate change that you always hear about. Well, you know, 90 percent of the scientists, uh, you know, agree that the the humans are causing uh, this global warming, this climate change. But 
I, I was reading about, well, where did they get this figure? Well, they just drummed it up out of thin air, sort of like what Elizabeth Warren did. There is no such consensus among scientists that that even carbon dioxide is is a, can cause heating. Yeah. And if they, of course, they completely leave out things like the sun or, you know, volcanoes going off. But my point is that they're so used to using these big lies against us for so many, so long now that they're so used to controlling the dialogue. Yeah. And now they're kind of in a panic because they've lost control of the dialogue because people are starting to wise up. They can find the truth on the Internet. And that's one of the reasons they're driving so hard to the hoop to shut down free speech on the internet. And that's just basically what it is. They want to get rid of the first amendment. Yeah. We yeah. Trying to get, they know they're trying to get rid of the second amendment and our fourth amendment is all but obliterated because everything we do or say is recorded by the NSA, which is a felony. But for some reason, you know, the, they're above the law and they're part of the clique. They don't, ever have to face any consequences yeah dr shiva has a great video on his youtube channel about the uh what was it called the paris accords he does a really great breakdown i did encourage all people to check that out and if you get into into a debate about that issue it's a great reference we have the inventor of email what a time to be alive gentlemen we have the inventor of email running against some some kind of just nuts lady i mean she is ostensibly just impaired uh you know people who vote for her who support her you gotta wake up as you know dr shiva said at that rally they really need to wake up we have a guy with four degrees from mit a trump loyalist and just some some impaired old woman you know she just needs to (laughs) retire it's that's really what it is and i mean if people can't see that they need to and they need to getting rich on government yeah they need to subscribe to this channel Guys, that was an hour. We just talked for an hour. I can't wait to host you both again. It was an incredible conversation. Uh, mind-blowing info from Dr. Shiva. What did you think, Voice of Reason? Did oh, you it enjoy amazing. it? Yeah. Outstanding. America's number one Chadcast. Ben Garrison, thank you so much for being here. Dr. Shiva, as always. Can we pull up Dr. Shiva real quick? Hey, uh, Alan, Alan, one, one thing. Yep. Everyone should go to Shiva for Senate, mm-hmm. and everyone should get a Road Warrior kit if okay. you want to help. And everyone's busy. Most people are working people, unlike other of these political hacks. Go to the website, get a Road Warrior kit, two magnetic signs, which says only a real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. Put it on, 15 bucks. Everything's made in America, and that's how you can help. It's a very simple thing. Everyone should do this because... Only a real Indian can defeat the fake Indian because a fake Indian does not care about the American working people. She cares about herself and the establishment. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being here Thanks, so ben. much. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Ben. Thank you. America's well. number one Chadcast is signing off for tonight. Subscribe to this channel, guys. This night has been a st- historical, Voice of Reason. What do you think about the streams we, we pulled yeah, off double tonight? Yeah, man. Just amazing. Unreal. Right, anyways, talk to you guys soon and have an excellent evening. Peace.